Okay, so probably about once every three or four months, there's a series I do that just kind of fries my brain, okay? It's just so much, so much information, so much learning, so much research that I just find myself being mush at the end of it. That is where we are this morning. So I encourage you guys to pray for me, but also stay with me. We have a lot to cover. Um, whenever we do these series, I always do lots of research. Um, I think sometimes I forgot to mention some of the books that I've used in it, uh, and I'd hate to make you think that all this comes straight from my brain. So I want to mention that the book I've been using a lot uh, for research this uh, series, uh, it's by uh, Jacques Ilul. Can you say that? Jacques Ilul. Yeah, come on. They're like, this is Arkansas. Jack. Jack Eel. Anyways, yes, he's French, okay? Uh, and so... Um, his book called Money and Power. Uh, if you guys are curious, if you, if you want to read up and do some studying on your own, there's way too much in there for me to break it all open. Uh, with these series, what happens is uh, whenever I get an idea for, for a series, I pray about it, you know, probably three, four months out. And what happens is it, it's almost like certain books just kind of pop in my lap. It just goes right with what I'm after and, and the direction. So this book's been a blessing. But there is so much. So I hope you guys are ready to eat this morning, because we're going to stuff you full. You guys ready? Okay, absolutely not. We want to watch the Super Bowl. Speaking of that, okay. We have one Bronco fan. I see that right here. Any other Bronco fans in the room? Anybody? You got a lot, you got a lot to make up for, Jason. You against the world. All right, Panthers fans, anybody? You guys are lame today. My goodness. I have to admit, though, you know, I'm the same with the NFL. When it comes to Razorbacks, you guys are hearing me talk about football every single Sunday. You get sick of it. When it gets to NFL, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's football. It's good. We moved too much when I was a kid, so I didn't ever have a team. All right, here we go. This morning, we're going to start a new series, Money God. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? This should be fun then. Okay, so what's going to happen with this is uh, when you think about money, I do not want you to picture dollar bills or houses or cars. Okay, when you think about money, here's what I, I want you to think. If you guys are taking notes, here is your definition for the series. Money is, money is the power to secure freedom, fulfillment, and future. Let's read that again. Money is the power to secure freedom, fulfillment, and future. Let that kind of sink into your mind a little bit. Okay? We live in a time where uh, it's been easy for you guys to see what I'm talking about. Because with money today, it's not as much about the dollar bills in your pocket. Money has become kind of a, it's an invisible thing. It's an idea of credit and, and, and worth. And it's, it's all passed around on your phones and on your plastic cards. And you shop online. And so money, even today... It's, it's so much easier for you to get this concept because we don't touch money the same way we used to. And of course, throughout history, you know, money was goods. It was whatever someone else wanted. If it was gold, if it was food, if it was, you know, a horse or a plow, whatever it is you had that someone else wanted was valuable. It's currency. It's money. And so the way that money works is you have something that someone else wants. So you can get what you want if you give them what they want. Does that make sense? You can get what you want if they get what they want. It's a give and take. You can't have what you want without someone else getting what they want. 
Now, again, I warn you, we're going to have a lot of these thinking moments. Okay, this is the first week I have to kind of lay a foundation for us. But stay with me. And again, I encourage you to take notes. You cannot get what you want without someone else getting what they want. Money is the power to secure your freedom, fulfillment, and future. Think about it this way. Uh, whenever I was in school, I did not realize that we were, how do you put this? When I was younger, I didn't realize that we didn't make a ton of money. Um, who remembers the Ford, uh, what were those vans called? Aerostars. You know what I'm talking about? Like the Legos with wheels? You know what I'm talking about? Ford Aerostars. Okay, thank the Lord. Okay. We had three of those whenever I was growing up, and each one had been given to us by someone else. So not just an Aerostar, a hand-me-down Aerostar. So what was amazing about this thing was that at school, whenever we get there, you know, you have like the long line, you know, everyone getting dropped off. I would have to put my arm out, open the door. When I opened the door, the inside of the door would fall out. You know what I'm talking about? Like the controls for the windows, and it would fall out, and I had to put it back on. And then I had to close it, and then let someone else, I had to open the sliding door, which would pop out and fall off. And, and come on, are you staying with me? And I had to pop it back in without anyone seeing so I found this way to do it in one motion. We're like, no one would even notice, you know, that my car is falling apart. And so, you know, there's certain things in, in life as you get older, you start to realize who has and, and, and who has not. And so if the older I got, I started to notice the, the vehicles that my friends, uh, uh, parents would drive. I started to notice the vacations they would take, you know. Oh, hey, it's Christmas. We're going to Aspen to go ski. Aspen. What's Aspen? You know, I mean, come on, guys. Aspen. I'm just, come on now, stay with me now, Pastor Jay. And so what happened was the older I got, the more I realized that when you have money, you can do more things. Does that make sense? If you want to stay home from work, stay home from work. If you want to go to the Bahamas, if you've got money, you can go to the Bahamas. If you want to buy something, you can have it. You can do whatever you want to do. This is the idea of freedom. Okay? Again, if you're taking notes. Freedom is the ability to do whatever you want to do, to have your will come to pass. You see what I did there? I'm starting to bring some scripture into it now, aren't I? Freedom is the ability to have your way. Have it your way, right? Burger King, right? Okay. To have it your way. When you have money, you have the power, the influence, the ability to make happen what you want to happen. Think about that. So the first thing we have to think about when we think about money is the reason that money has power, the reason that we are attracted and drawn to money is it lets us take control of our lives. It lets us do what we want to do. Secondly, when you talk about money, you have to talk about fulfillment, meaning fulfillment is simply to be happy, okay? Whenever you have money, you have the means to do or have whatever brings you enjoyment or pleasure in life by filling a void. For something to be fulfilled, that means there's something has to be missing. Does that make sense? When you make an order on Amazon, okay, there is an order that needs to be fulfilled. Does that make sense? There's a hole that needs to be filled. So whenever you need fulfillment, whenever you feel something is lacking in your life, you want to fill that hole with something. Does that make sense? Are you staying with me? Oh, Lord. Yes. Okay. Really? Stay with me. 
So when you feel like something is missing, when your life is not enough as it is, we need a bigger house, we need another car, we need, you know, the ability to put kids, you know, in, in college, we need to be a, whatever, there is a void. For some reason, I just have to have that outfit, ladies. For some reason, I just have to have that 70-inch TV, okay? It's not even about what the TV can do for you. It's that there's a feeling of something missing, and somehow that thing is going to fit the void. Does that make sense? When you have money, you have the power to fill your own voids. When you have money, you have the power to meet your own needs. Hope you can see where we're going with this, right? Here's the next thing you have to understand. So the first thing is freedom. The second one is fulfillment. When you think about money, you have to understand your future. One of the biggest reasons we want money is we want to be able to control the outcome of our lives. Future is concerned with securing health, safety, location, or state of being through whatever means necessary. Health Safety, location. If you have the money, people who have money, one of the first things they do with money is they begin to create safety and comfort in their lives. They want their future to be secure. So they put away money into savings. If they have tons of money, they find a house with gates. They put a security system. They get guards. They find a way to ensure that tomorrow and the next day and the next day, they are still having their way. Does that make sense? When you have money, you have the power to ensure your future. Now, the reason this is important is we need to understand, again, what, what is, is wrapped up in money. I mean, why do we want the green stuff? Why does it matter if we get a raise or don't get a raise? Why does it matter, you know, if you win the lottery or not? Here's a fun test. When the lottery was $1 billion, okay, who here had some time where you thought, man, if I won the lottery, I would do... Come on, raise your hand. Who did it? Come on. Okay, all right. With all those things, you were thinking of ways that you can make your life and do what you want with your life. With your money, you would take off every restraint on your life that makes you do things you don't want to do. The first thing you thought was what? I'm not going to work, right? Is that the first thing you thought? Yeah. I'm going to do with my life what I want to do, right? And I'm sleeping in. <laughs> I'm not going to work, right? Again, it's funny, but it, again, you know, it's a simple picture. Money gives us the ability to do whatever it is we want. Money gives us control, okay? And as we begin to talk about this, you have to understand there is not currency of this nature in heaven. You understand this. There is no such thing as money in heaven. There's no mention of currency. Now, there's valuables. There's gold, and there's precious objects, and there's, there's tons of things. But see, what happens in heaven is there is no lack, meaning there's as much as anyone could ever need and want, so there's never any need for me to find, to hoard, or to control anything, because everything I need is met. And so in heaven, everything I need is met. My, my freedom, my fulfillment, my happiness, and my future are secure in heaven, because it's being met by a different source, Jesus. He's our source, and so there's no need to hold or to, to pursue any other thing, because everything I need in heaven has already been given to me. But we're not in heaven yet, are we? No, we're not. Come on, guys. I, no, we're not in heaven yet. <laughs> you know. 
Come on. You're not in heaven yet. Okay, and so, and so what happens now is we have to understand the context for why money is such a big deal. Before we do that, I want you guys to open up your Bibles. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. We're going to read to uh, verse 24. Here's what it says. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pause there. If you guys are taking notes, circle that. We will be coming back to that here at the end of service. Verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. Understand the emphasis here is on what are you fixing yourself on. Does that make sense? It's not, it's not about whether your eyes have light. It's about what, what is your life? What are you fixing your gaze, your life on? The last series we talked about the importance of eye contact, about fully investing and in being present. Where are we investing our mind, our thoughts, our energy, our heart, our hope? Where are we fixing our lives? <clears throat> and it says, if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. This is crucial for you guys. Here's a key verse in the morning. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, there's a whole lot to open up in this passage, but before I do that, I want to back out for a second. This is kind of a, a harsh thing to talk about. Whenever I used to study this passage and I would see him talk about money, I used to be like, well, he's probably just using money as an example. What he's saying is that the, the important point he's trying to make is that, again, you can't serve two masters, which that is being made, but that's the secondary point. What Jesus is putting the exclamation mark on is the word money. And the word he uses here, the word is mammon. And so the Aramaic origin, it means confidence in wealth, i.e. what it talks about is it's, it's not just a noun, it's, it's a proper noun, meaning it's wealth personified. When you, when you begin to study the idea of mammon, they believed, the Babylonians believed, that there was a spirit behind mammon. That mammon, that money itself was not just an object, that it had the ability to influence and control, and it almost had a mind of its own. It was a person. To personify something is to give a thing a face, to make a thing a person. And what Jesus does here, he uses a word that makes a thing a person. And he says... He's not saying you cannot, you know, serve both me and the chair. He's saying you can't serve me or that person. You have to choose. Because money is not just a thing. It's not just an object. It's not just this currency that we use. Money itself, he, he gives it a face. And he says that you must choose between me or that guy. Now, to understand this, we have to understand a few different things. First of all, the context of this whole, this whole discussion, we first have to remember that we live in a fallen world, right? I'll make it very simple. 
when God created the world, he was the master and the Lord. He had control, right? And then he, contra- he creates man. He tells us to what? To govern it, to subdue it, to master it, to, to rule over it. So he gives the authority over this world to us. And then through sin at the tree, who do we give it to? Satan? The snake. <laughs> and through our choice at the tree, we handed over authority over this world to Satan. And so we call us a fallen world. And what happens is, when, when a new master takes ownership, he gets to set the rules. He gets to dictate how things will work. And so what you have to understand about the garden is that in the garden, even though we had things to do, even though we were told to tend to it, to take care of it, you have to understand that everything we needed was provided without even our working. It was free. And so everything that we needed for security, everything that we needed for our... Let me find our three Fs. Everything that we needed for freedom, fulfillment, and our future was already, already given to us. And so we were primarily concerned with being. Again, I know it's a little bit complicated, but stay with me. The primary task that God gave us was to simply exist, to be, to enjoy, to live, to think, to taste, to experience, to react, to learn, to grow, to create, to be. He, he put us in this place and said, you know, what, you know what, what I want you to do? I want you to just be here. Enjoy it. Enjoy it with me. I want to share it with you, and I want you to share it with me. But the moment that this world gained a new master, there was a curse that was given. And if you're taking notes, this is very important. This world, the way this world works, went from being about being to doing. And so the first curse that we see is given, the first thing that God tells you, he says, because of what you've done, you must leave the garden. And the garden was the picture, again, of that deep, complete relationship with God. The moment that we had to leave the garden, he says, and, and because of what you've done, from now on, you will have to work hard for everything that you get. And what he's saying is there's a new master. And the way that he's going to run this world is he's going to control you. And everything that I used to give you for free, he's going to charge you for. Does that make sense? We used to go to a store. We used to go to Walmart. And the old manager said, hey, here, you want this? Here, take it. Oh, you want that? Here, just take it. Sure, just enjoy it. New management. Hey, I, I like this. That'll be 500 bucks. Does that make sense? Okay. And so for everything that we desire and everything we want, there is now strings attached. Does that make sense? Okay, our entire existence went from being about being to doing. Now, when you think about your life, what dominates your life? Who you are or what you do? Think about it. What, what consumes most of your time? What consumes most of your strength and your emotions and your thought and your energy? What consumes most of your life? Doing. Even if you don't have a job, even if you, you know, have a worse job like raising kids. Right? Amen, right? Your entire life is about doing now, right? You know, you can't just wake up and, I'm just going to enjoy laying in bed. It doesn't work that way, right? Because whenever you cease doing, you begin to put into jeopardy your freedom, fulfillment, and your future. It's rather a deep thing. I like chewing on that. When you cease doing in this world, if you were to stop working today and not work another day, 
not win a lottery or, or, or you know, have someone pay your bills. If you were to stop right now, what would happen to you? First of all, your freedom is going to start to be limited. Before, when you had money, if you wanted to drive to the store, you could drive to the store. But if you don't work, all of a sudden that car is going to disappear, right? Your ability to do what you want, to go where you want, when you want, is going to be limited. Your freedom is going to be confined. You're going to find yourself being limited and put into a box based on your money. When you don't pay those bills, what do you think is going to happen? You won't find your freedom really in jeopardy after that, right? <laughs> if you stop paying the house payment, you stop paying the car payment, you might find yourself in a real prison. Come on. Really? That was funny. Okay, anyway. yeah, That's true, though. Okay, The first thing that's going to be jeopardized is your freedom. You will not be able to do what you want to do if you stop doing. The moment you stop toiling and working and striving, your freedom will be stripped from you because it is not a gift. In this world, your freedom is not a gift. And by the way, your freedom is only an illusion in this world anyway. That's a whole other week. We'll talk, we'll talk about that next week. The second thing is your fulfillment will be stripped from you. The moment you stop doing, you will not be able to have or do anything that you like to do. And it will continue to shrink and shrink and shrink. Because this world is now based, it runs on one engine, and that is doing. Why is it so hard for you to have your quiet time with God? Why is it so hard for you to make time for church and make time to serve God? Why is it, why is it so hard to find someone to go to, you know, on a mission trip to the Philippines, right? Because you can't take time off of doing, right? Because your life is being driven by a slave master. And everything that your life is about is now being driven by this master who is forcing you to do. But you were created to be, to experience to be, to enjoy. And of course, the next thing that happens to you if you were to stop working, of course, is your future would be in jeopardy. Your health would be in jeopardy. You wouldn't be able to go to the doctor anymore. You wouldn't have food. You wouldn't have water. You be, would, your, your well-being, your state of tomorrow in a year from now, 10 years from now, would immediately begin to dwindle if you were to stop doing Because this world is run by a master who is bent on keeping you spinning in that wheel just like a mouse. You need to understand this. The most effective weapon of Satan, I would say, in this continent is work. It is the number one thing that steals from you the promises and plans of God. It's the reason that many of you are unhappy in your marriages. The reason that many of you haven't ever gone from a shallow relationship with Jesus to a real relationship with Jesus. It's the meaning that you haven't found your purpose. It's the reason that you're always uncomfortable and frustrated and you're never content with anything because Satan has found a way to keep you sprinting in that wheel and he will keep you there until you give out and lose strength. His plan is to keep you so consumed with doing that you never learn what it's like to be with God. Write that down. He wants to keep you so consumed with doing that you never know what it's like to be with God. Now, as we shift back to the verse, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either, either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve both God and money, or God and mammon. You cannot serve him and serve that master which is making you do and work and strive and toil. And so this, uh, this passage is from the Sermon on the Mount. It's the first major time he explains what the kingdom of God is. It's the first time he, he begins to explain what the world will be, be like when he is king. Okay? And one of the things he's making very clear here is that when he is king, he is going to restore it to you being. The, prior, the, the, the priority of his kingdom is you being with him. And he'll take care of all your needs. And then the doing won't be about your needs. The doing will be about the kingdom business. It's a very different understanding. But you have to ask yourself, out of all the things he could talk about, I mean, it, it strikes me that he doesn't say, you can't serve both God and sin. Would that make more sense to you? The answer is yes. It makes more sense to everybody. If he says, you know what, you can't serve God and sin, you'd all be like, yeah, it makes tons of sense. But he didn't. He says, you can't serve both me and money. And so the question is, why is this so important? What's at stake here? Here's the first thing. The reason Jesus is making such a strong point about, about serving him or serving mammon is the first thing on the line is that we are having to choose between his will or our will. Everything spiritual has to do with will. In the deepest, honest parts of us, will we choose his plan for our freedom, fulfillment, and future? Or will we choose our plan, our way, and our timing? What you guys have to understand about this is everything about the, the gospel of Jesus is about the kingdom of God. And if there's one thing that you learn about a kingdom, is that a kingdom has a what? A king. A kingdom has a king. And there can only be one will being done. The prayer that every Christian learns or has heard of before, right? You know, thy kingdom come, right? So the way you will run the world, I want your, your way of running the world to come here. And then, thy will be done. But the problem with thy will be done is there's a lot of other wills that are vying with that will. If his will is done, what's that mean about your will? And so what's so attractive about money is that money gives you the power to have your way. Does that make sense? So the first reason that Jesus is making such a... He's picking a fight right here. He's saying, if you're going to be in my kingdom to follow me, one of the first battles, one of the first choices you have to make is whose way is it? My way or the highway? My way or your way? My will or your will? The reason that Christians... We're often called, I wouldn't say often, the reason that Christians are always called disciples is because disciple fundamentally means a student and a follower. Someone who learns from someone else and someone who follows the other. I almost hate using the word Christian. I almost, I almost have a difficulty talking about when, when someone became a Christian. What I really want to say is when did you start following Jesus? When did you stop taking your path and choose to take his path? When did you give up your control over your life and choose his. And so the reason that money is the biggest battle that he chooses to pick here, talking about the kingdom, is this. Your way, your, your open door to having your life the way you want it, is money. In essence, is this. Mammon or money is almost like mercenaries. Money is like an army for hire. What you have to understand is in the scriptures, the way it talks about us and God is that God has his kingdoms, 
but that each one of you has your own kingdom. Does that make sense? Meaning, you have an area where you control what happens, where you're king. In my life, in my emotions, in my choices, no one can make my choices for me. I make choices, so I have a kingdom. I'm king over my area. And see, what money is, money or mammon, is like, it's like an army for hire. If I will give it what it wants, it will give me what I want. So if I agree to terms, it will join my side and help me fight against the kingdom of God. Hear me. When you give in to the temptation of money, you are finding an army to wage war in your life against the will of God for your life. The more money you have, the more tempted you will be to do what you want with your life. Simple. When Bishop Duku is here and he talks about